Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, this is Bioweapons Blues number 40, and I'm going to term this one Bioweapon Deployment Aftermath. So we try to go back through and see what actually really happened so it doesn't happen again. So I'm going to play some audio from... One is a very kind of long audio from Dr. Martin about the nature of the bioweapon. Something from Bakhti. Also, Anthony Fauci predicting one week before I think Trump came into office that there would be an outbreak. Then some propaganda from your so-called leaders saying no one is safe until everyone is safe. Really kind of mind-warping people to get the kill shot. Then one from... Uh, Clinton, not Hillary Clinton, but the Clinton daughter, encouraging people to go out and catch up on your uh, bioweapon shots. I wouldn't take any, any shots from Big Pharma ever again, and I won't take any ever again, but like daughter, like mother, I guess. Then Naomi Wolf, I've mentioned her many times. She talks about the pre-knowledge, foreknowledge of what really was going on. A lot of these guys knew, Fauci knew, and Walensky knew that... The shot was ineffective, but encouraged people to get it anyway. Then, some information from the UK. Justin Trudeau trying to cover himself, uh, CYA, and more on Walensky. My next one will have more on Walensky as well, as she spoke before Congress. So, thank you for listening. It is a... It is a particularly interesting location for me to be sitting today, given that over a decade ago I sat in this very chair right here in the European Union Parliament. And at that time I warned the world of what was coming. Uh, during that conversation that was hosted at the time by the Green and EFA and a number of the other parties of the European Union's uh, various representations, we were having a conversation on whether Europe should adopt the United States policy of allowing for the patents on biologically derived materials. And at the time, I urged this body and I urged people around the world that the weaponization of nature against humanity had dire consequences. Tragically, I sit here today um, with that unfortunate line that I don't like to say, which I told you so. But the fact of the matter is we're here not for a reprisal on past decisions. We're here to actually once again come to the face of the human condition and ask the question, who do we want to be? What do we want humanity to look like? And rather than seeing this as an exercise in futility, which is very easy from time to time when you're in the position I'm in, I actually see this not as an exercise in futility. I see this as one of the greatest opportunities that faces us because we now have a public conversation, which is now front and center in people's minds. When this was an esoteric conversation about biological patents, nobody cared. But when that conversation came home, then it became something people can care about. So I'm actually quite grateful for this opportunity. I thank the members of parliament for hosting this. I thank all of the translators who I apologize in advance. I will use terminology that is probably very difficult to translate. So my apologies. 
And I'd also like to acknowledge the fact that many of you are aware of my involvement with this, in large part due to the amazing work of my wonderful wife, Kim Martin, who encouraged me at the very early days of this pandemic to get on front of the camera and talk about all the information that I had been sharing among very small groups around the world. And it was, in fact, her encouragement that put me in a place where many of you have heard what I have to say. Ironically, the world that I came from that used to be very popular, my CNBC and Bloomberg presentations, which were televised on mainstream media around the world, was an audience that I lost. I, I can confidently say COVID diminished my fame. But I can also confidently say that I'd rather stand among the people with whom I'm standing today than any of the folks that were part of that previous world. So this is a much better place to be. My role today is to set the stage for this conversation in a historical context, because this did not come in the last three years. This did not come in the last five or six years. This actually is an ongoing question that probably began here in Europe in the early stages of the mid 1900s, but certainly by 1913, 1914, this conversation started right here in Central Europe. The pandemic that we alleged to have happen in the last few years also did not happen overnight. In fact, the very specific pandemic using coronavirus began in a very different time. And we'll try to advance the slides here with one of these things. Oh, there we go. Most of you don't know that coronavirus as a model of a pathogen was isolated in 1965. Coronavirus was identified in 1965 as one of the first infectious replicatable viral models that could be used to modify a series of other experiences of the human condition. It was isolated once upon a time associated with the common cold. But what's particularly interesting about its isolation in 1965 was that it was immediately identified as a pathogen that could be used and modified for a whole host of reasons. And you heard me correctly, that was 1965. And by the way, these slides are public domain. You're welcome to look at every single reference. Every comment that I made is based on published material. So do make sure that you look at those references. But in 1966, the very first COV coronavirus model was used as a transatlantic biological experiment in human manipulation. And you heard the date. 1966. I hope you're getting the point of what I'm saying. This is not an overnight thing. This is actually something that's been long in the making. A year before I was born, we had the first transatlantic coronavirus data sharing experiment between the United States and the United Kingdom. And in 1967, the year I was born, we did the first human trials on inoculating people with modified coronavirus. Isn't that amazing? 56 years ago, the overnight success of a pathogen that's been 56 years in engineering. And I want that to chill with all of you. Where were we when we actually allowed, in violation of biological and chemical weapons treaties, where were we 
as a human civilization, when we thought it was an acceptable thing to do to take a pathogen for the United States and infect the world with it? Where was that conversation? And what should have been that conversation in 1967? That conversation wasn't had. Ironically, the common cold was turned into a chimera in the 1970s. And in 1975, 1976, and 1977, we started figuring out how to modify coronavirus by putting it into different animals, pigs and dogs. And not surprisingly, by the time we got to 1990, we found out that coronavirus as a infectious agent was an industrial problem for two primary industries, the industries of dogs and pigs. Dog breeders and pigs found that coronavirus created gastrointestinal problems, and that became the basis for Pfizer's first spike protein vaccine patent filed, are you ready for this, in 1990. Did you hear what I just said? 1990. Operation Warp Speed? I'm sorry. Where's the warp and the speed? Pfizer, 1990, the very first spike protein vaccine for coronavirus. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't it fascinating that we were, we were told that, well, the spike protein is a new thing. We just found out that that's the problem. No. As a matter of fact, we didn't just find out it was not just now, now the problem. We found that out in 1990 and filed the first patents on vaccines in 1990 for the spike protein of coronavirus. And who would have thought? Pfizer. Clearly the innocent organization that does nothing but promote human health. Clearly Pfizer. The organization that has not bought the votes in this chamber and in every chamber of every government around the world. Not that Pfizer. Certainly, they wouldn't have had anything to do with this. But, oh, yes, they did. And in 1990, they found out that there was a problem with vaccines. They didn't work. You know why they didn't work? It turns out that coronavirus is a very malleable model. It transforms and it changes and it mutates over time. As a matter of fact, every publication on vaccines for coronavirus from 1990 until 2018, every single publication concluded that coronavirus escapes the vaccine impulse because it modifies and mutates too quickly for vaccines to be effective. And since 1990 to 2018, that is the published science, ladies and gentlemen. That's following the science. Following the science is their own indictment of their own programs that said it doesn't work. <clears throat> and there are thousands of publications to that effect, not a few hundred, and not paid for by pharmaceutical companies. These are publications that are independent scientific research that shows unequivocally, including efforts of the chimera modifications made by Ralph Berk in the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. All of them show vaccines do not work on coronavirus. That's the science. And that science has never been disputed. But then we had an interesting development in 2002. And this date is most important. Because in 2002, the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, patented, and I quote, an infectious replication defective clone of coronavirus. 
Listen to those words. Infectious replication defective. What does that phrase actually mean? For those of you not familiar with language, let me unpack it for you. Infectious replication defective means a weapon. It means something meant to target an individual, but not have collateral damage to other individuals. That's what infectious replication defective means. And that patent was filed in 2002 on work funded by NIAID's Anthony Fauci from 1999 to 2002. And that work, patented at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, mysteriously preceded SARS 1.0 by a year. <gasps> Dave, are you suggesting that SARS 1.0 wasn't from a wet market in Wuhan? Are you suggesting it might have come from a laboratory in the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill? No, I'm not suggesting it. I'm telling you that's the facts. We engineered SARS. SARS is not a naturally occurring phenomenon. The naturally occurring phenomenon is called the common cold. It's called influenza-like illness. It's called gastroenteritis. That's the naturally occurring coronavirus. SARS is the research developed by humans weaponizing a life system model to actually attack human beings. And they patented it in 2002. In 2003, giant surprise, the CDC filed the patent on coronavirus isolated from humans in violation, once again, of biological and chemical weapons treaties and laws that we have in the United States. And I'm very, very precise on this. The United States likes to talk about its rights and everything else and the rule of law and all the nonsense that we like to talk about. But we don't ratify treaties about, I don't know, defending humans. We conspicuously avoid that. We actually have a great track record of advocating for human rights and then denying them when it comes to actually being part of the international community, which is a slightly problematic thing. But let's get something very clear. When the CDC in April of 2003 filed the patent on SARS coronavirus isolated from humans, what did they do? They downloaded a sequence from China and filed a patent on it in the United States. Any of you familiar with biological and chemical weapons treaties knows that's a violation. That's a crime. That's not an innocent oops. That's a crime. And the United States Patent Office went as far as to reject that patent application on two occasions until the CDC decided to bribe the Patent Office to override the patent examiner to ultimately issue the patent in 2007 on SARS coronavirus. But let's not let that get away from us because it turns out that the RT-PCR which was the test that we allegedly were going to use to identify the risks associated with coronavirus, was actually identified as a bioterrorism threat by me in the European Union-sponsored events in 2002 and 2003, 20 years ago. That happened here in Brussels and across Europe. In 2005, this particular pathogen was specifically labeled as a bioterrorism and bioweapon platform technology. Described as such, that's not my terminology that I'm applying to it. It was actually described as a bioweapons platform technology in 2005. 
And from 2005 onwards, it was actually a biowarfare enabling agent. It's official classification from 2005 forward. I don't know if that sounds like public health to you. Does it? Biological warfare enabling technology. That feels like not public health. That feels like not medicine. That feels like a weapon designed to take out humanity. That's what it feels like. And it feels like that because that's exactly what it is. We have been lured into believing that EcoHealth Alliance and DARPA and all of these organizations are what we should be pointing to. But we've been specifically requested to ignore the facts that over $10 billion have been funneled through black operations through the check of Anthony Fauci and a side-by-side -side ledger where NIAID has a balance sheet and next to it is a biodefense balance sheet equivalent dollar-for-dollar -dollar matching that no one in the media talks about. And it's been going on since 2005. Our gain-of-function moratorium the moratorium that was supposed to freeze any efforts to do gain-of-function research. Conveniently, in the fall of 2014, the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill received a letter from NIAID saying that while the gain-of-function moratorium on coronavirus in vivo should be suspended, because their grants had already been funded, they received an exemption. Did you hear what I just said? A biological weapons lab facility at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill received an exemption from the gain-of-function moratorium so that by 2016 we could publish the, the journal article that said SARS coronavirus is poised for human emergence in 2016. And what, you might ask, Dave, was the coronavirus poised for human emergence? It was W. IV-1, Wuhan Institute of Virology Virus 1, poised for human emergence in 2016 at the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, such that by the time we get to 2017 and 2018, the following phrase entered into common parlance among the community. There is going to be an accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen. Does that sound like leak? Does that sound like a bat and a pangolin went into a bar in the Wuhan market and hung out and had sex and, and lo and behold we got SARS-CoV-2? No. Accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen was the terminology used and four times in April of 2019, seven months before the allegation of patient number one, four patent applications of Moderna were modified to include the term accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen as the justification for making a vaccine for a thing that did not exist. Keep going. If you have not done so, please make sure that you make reference in every investigation to the premeditation nature of this, because it was in September of 2019 that the world was informed that we were going to have an accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen so that by September 2020, there would be a worldwide acceptance of a universal vaccine template. That's their words right in front of you on the screen. 
The intent was to get the world to accept a universal vaccine template, and the intent was to use coronavirus to get there. And the last slide. This isn't advancing, so if I could have somebody do it. Let's, let's read this, because we have to read this into the record everywhere I go. Until an infectious disease crisis is very real, present, and at the emergency threshold that is often largely ignored. To sustain the funding base beyond the crisis, he said, we need to increase the public understanding for the need for medical countermeasures such as a pan-influenza or pan-coronavirus vaccine. A key driver is the media, and the economics will follow the hype. We need to use that hype to our advantage to get to the real issues. Investors will respond if they see profit at the end of the process. Sounds like public health? Sounds like the best of humanity? No, ladies and gentlemen, this was premeditated domestic terrorism stated at the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences in 2015, published in front of them. This is an this is an act of biological and chemical warfare perpetrated on the human race, and it was admitted to in writing that this was a financial heist and a financial fraud. Investors will follow if they see profit at the end of the process. Let me conclude by making five very brief recommendations. The last slide. Nature was hijacked. This whole story started in 1965 when we decided to hijack a natural model and decide to start manipulating it. Science was hijacked when the only questions that could be asked were questions authorized under the patent protection of the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, and their equivalent organizations around the world. We didn't have independent science. We had hijacked science. And unfortunately, there was no moral oversight in violation of all of the codes that we stand for. There was no independent, financially disinterested, independent review board ever impaneled around coronavirus. Not once. Not once. Not since 1965. We do not have a single independent IRB ever impaneled around coronavirus. So morality was suspended for medical countermeasures. And ultimately, humanity was lost because we decided to allow it to happen. Our job today is to say no more gain-of-function research, period. No more weaponization of nature, period. And most importantly, no more corporate patronage of science for their own self-interest unless they assume 100% product liability for every injury and every death that they maintain. Thank you very much. And they're certainly not the ones responsible for these crimes. The crimes are the development of biological weapons by people who use their tax dollars and made this, and then they got out of the lab and they caused everything that happened since. The quarantining, the lockdown, the shutting down of businesses, the shutting down of schools, the shutting down of churches, the shutting down of people. I lived in Los Angeles at the time. They shut down the electricity and the water to people who had parties in their homes. The masking, the interference with medications, the vaccines, these are all the result of one thing, gain-of-function biological weapons that violate treaty law that should never have happened. And by the way, the treaty, like most treaties, is supposed to have an inspection 
mechanism to make sure people are following the treaty. Would you like to guess which country blocked that? The United States of America. This is an intravascular casting of an adult human brain, the forefront. And you can see 20% of the oxygen that we consume in our body under resting conditions is consumed by the brain. Every single vessel, every single tiniest vessel fulfills an essential function in life. It is feeding the cells around it with oxygen and nutrients. And those cells need oxygen. They can do without oxygen for about four minutes after which they die. Now, this happens, of course, in many, many other organs. However, other organs, if cells die, can regenerate those cells. They are able to renew them. This is what is called healing. The gift of healing is not given to the brain, the heart, and certain other organs in the body. Therefore, each and every death to a brain cell is irreparable. Death to a heart muscle cell is irreparable and is going to be a danger to life. And I tell you, I am convinced it will shorten the lifespan of that person. Be a surprise outbreak. Given, as you heard from the introduction, that I have been around for a while and have had the opportunity and, and the privilege and the pleasure of serving in five administrations, um, I thought I would bring that perspective to the topic today is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. And I hope by the end of my relatively short presentation, you will understand why history, the history of the last 32 years that I've been the director of NIAID will tell the next administration that there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they will be faced with the challenges that their predecessors were faced with. So for those who think that infectious diseases is gone, there's so many people who've made foolhardy statements not knowing at the time that they made them. I usually show a quote from an old surgeon general or an old uh, pundit in infectious disease. So I thought I'd pull this one out from Sir McFarlane Burnett, who was actually a uh, uh, Nobel Prize winning immunologist uh, who made the statement, as many did, to write about infectious diseases is almost to write of something that has passed into history. The most likely forecast about the future of infectious diseases is that it will be very dull, uh, which is really kind of interesting coming from a semi-genius like McFarlane Burnett. And I think what he did in the mistake that so many people have made is something that several of our panelists have already referred to. And that is a failure to look 
beyond our own borders in the issue of the globality of health issues, not only things that are there that will come here, but surprises that we have. What are the lessons that we learned from HIV? One, you have to commit substantial financial and human resources. These things don't get uh, addressed spontaneously by themselves. You have to enlist the best and the brightest investigators in both basic and clinical research. You have to involve the community, be it the gay community in the United States or the community in Africa and West Africa when we dealt with Ebola or the people in South America when we're dealing with Zika. You have to have cross-sector collaboration. You can't do it alone. The CDC can't do it alone. The NIH can't do it alone. You do it with all of us, with industry, with global organizations, with philanthropy and NGOs, and you gotta get the leaders and the policymakers involved. What is for sure that no matter what, history has told us definitively that it will happen because infectious diseases, as I said eight years ago in this article with David Morins and Greg Focus, that it is a perpetual challenge. It is not gonna go away. So the thing we're extraordinarily confident about is that we are gonna see this in the next few years. Thank you. And we want to make sure that everyone understands that no one's safe till everyone's safe. No one is 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 safe. Nobody is safe. This is a post 9 11 axiom. Safer but not yet safe. No one is safe. No one is safe. No one is safe. No one is safe from COVID 19 until everyone is safe. If the whole world isn't safe, none of us are safe. No one is safe. No one is safe. Nobody is safe until we're all safe. Health experts have been saying nobody is safe. Nobody is safe until everybody is safe. Nobody is safe. Science is clear. None of us are safe. There is no safety. No one is safe. No one is safe. No one is safe. No one is safe until everyone is safe. No one's safe. Nobody is safe. Nobody's safe. No one's safe. We'll never be safe until we're all safe. We are never going to be safe. 99.5% of people are safe and will survive COVID-19. The only positive thing out of this is we should be able to manufacture a lot of vaccines and nobody will be safe if not everybody is vaccinated. You don't have a choice. As long as not everybody is vaccinated, nobody will be safe. Normalcy only returns when we've largely vaccinated the entire global population. So get the fucking vaccine. You need to get vaccinated. And if you don't, you are going to die. I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones, but you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know who they are. The unvaccinated people. My message to unvaccinated Americans is this. If you are the unvaccinated, you are the problem. You're the problem. Condemn them, shame them, blame them. The only people that you can blame are the unvaccinated. Frankly, we can't trust the unvaccinated. They should not be part of polite society. The lunatics who won't take COVID vaccines walking around lawfully unvaccinated. That's psychotic. If you're willing to walk among us unvaccinated, you are an enemy. You have no right not to be vaccinated. You don't have the right to contaminate someone. You can't go around pointing a gun in somebody's face, which is what it is when people are unvaccinated. They are all idiots and losers. This is a real movement in this country against the unvaccinated. Jennifer Aniston is cutting non-vaccinated people out of her life. Unrepentant, unvaccinated. They should be removed from the hospital. Those who refuse to be vaccinated should be denied health care. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy, rest in peace. I do think, though, you know, when you ask about the role of public-private partnerships kind of uh, after the last few years, I think we spend 
so much time, understandably, uh, focused on the mRNA vaccines and technologies. I spent a lot of time thinking about um, the really uh, unfortunate, to try to use a not uh, too judgmental word, um, kind of rise in not only kind of vaccine hesitancy and questioning, but outright kind of um, rejection of vaccines and of kind of science and the scientific kind of process and also too often on our scientists, our epidemiologists, our frontline healthcare workers. And so I do think um, we need to have a much more robust conversation um, and sense of urgency, uh, because I think we are less prepared today than we were arguably um, in January of 2020, partly because of the kind of um, lack of, of trust and confidence in uh, in not only our scientists, um, but in, in science itself, um, and certainly in the public health professionals. And so I think we need kind of the public sector to hopefully stop doing things like stripping away public health emergency powers from state public health agencies. But we also need the private sector to help candidly like do a better job of helping explain kind of the science um, that you are already commercializing and bringing to market, but also what you're working on and, and help us kind of in the broader conversation, um, not be uncomfortable with the discomfort of uncertainty. Um, and so I do think we need really good ideas for how best to do that, um, because we all deserve to hopefully not be as unprepared as I worry we are um, at the moment. And the last thing I'll say is a, a new effort that we're a part of uh, is the new initiative launched by the World Health Organization last week to try to catch kids up on their routine immunizations. In 2021 alone, more than 25 million kids under the age of one missed at least one routine immunization. And so we're working with WHO and the Gates Foundation and others uh, to hopefully have the largest uh, kind of childhood immunization effort ever over the next 18 months to catch as many kids up as possible um, because no one should die of polio or measles or pneumonia, including in this country where we also need people to be vaccinating their kids. Absolutely. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Naomi Wolf. I'm here on a Sunday to tell you uh, the worst yet report, the latest bombshell. Of all the 69 reports we now have, this is the most disturbing. Because the bottom line is, the, according to a new tranche of Pfizer documents released just this month, this past month, April of 2023, and these are documents that go back to April of 2021, exactly two years ago. Both Pfizer and the FDA knew that the mRNA COVID vaccine caused dire fetal and infant harms, including death. And literally five days later, they began an aggressive campaign to get pregnant women vaccinated anyway. Literally five days after the data we're in that I'm about to read to you, this is our COO and the War Room Daily Cloud Pfizer Documents Analysis Project Director Amy Kelly's bombshell report. Literally five days after the data was done being collected, showing fetuses spontaneously aborted, showing deaths in newborns, showing uh, respiratory distress in newborns, showing babies injured and and suffering because of mRNA uh, and other materials in the breast milk of their moms, two different issues. Um, in spite of this shocking evidence of damage to babies, uh, five days later, Dr. Walensky held a press conference 
and aggressively launched a campaign to get pregnant women vaccinated. All right, here we go. The batch of Pfizer clinical trial documents released in April 2023 by the Food and Drug Administration FDA under court order contains a shocking eight-page document titled, quote, Pregnancy and Lactation Cumulative Review. The data in the cumulative review span, quote, from the time of drug product development to February 28th, 2021. Remember that terminus date. A Pfizer employee, Robert T. Morocco, Robert T. Morocco approved the review on April 20th, 2021, page eight. This is a real person working at Pfizer, Mr. Robert T. Morocco, who looked at this damage to babies, these dead babies, these dead fetuses, these miserably injured babies, approved it and, and sent it on to the FDA. The FDA approved it and gave it to Rochelle Walensky and the CDC. And literally days later, Rochelle Walensky, with these dead babies in hand, held a White House press conference to announce that vaccinated, that pregnant women should get vaccinated. This document is among the most horrifying yet to emerge into public view. It reveals that both Pfizer and the FDA knew by early 2021 that Pfizer's mRNA COVID vaccine BNT162B2, that's the one that was rolled out for everybody, resulted in horrible damage to fetuses and babies. Pfizer tabulated, remember these are internal documents, these are Pfizer's words, adverse events in over 54% of the cases of quote maternal exposure to the vaccine. That's 248 cases out of 458. Quote, maternal exposure, end quote, is defined on page one and two as PTs, probably patients, maternal exposure, timing unspecified, maternal exposure during pregnancy, maternal exposure before pregnancy, exposure during pregnancy, period, end quote. These definitions imply that Pfizer may have been looking at damage to women and babies that could result from intercourse, inhalation, and skin contact prior to pregnancy as Pfizer defines, quote, exposure, including all three kinds of ways of being exposed in its protocol, Amendment 14. And that link is right there in this. This is outrageous what they're doing to you. Why do you think that is? Uh, They've only been, we've had uh, Christopher Chope on this show who also spoke up in defense of vaccine victims. Hardly anybody else from any party in the UK has actually gone on the record in, in support of doing something for vaccine victims. Why do you think they're so determined just to hold the lid on this thing and prevent them from getting a proper hearing? Well, the conspiracy of silence around vaccine harms, the efficacy and safety of the vaccines is is um, more virulent than the, than the virus was itself. It's spread everywhere. It's, it's clear that there's a lot to hide and they just really want it to go away. I mean, a very senior colleague in the party four months ago when I questioned them about it in private told me that um, they were expecting to keep a lead on this for about 20 years. And uh, there was no currently political appetite for my views on the vaccines. They might be in 20 years' time and I might well be proved right. Um, I just don't think it's acceptable to, to see the ongoing harms and deaths from 
this uh, experimental vaccine uh, continue for that length of time and people need compensation and quite honestly until we admit we've got a problem we've got no chance of sorting it out misinformation and disinformation is carrying people to believe things that are untrue and vaccinations is a perfect example of it any vaccine we distribute to canadians will be safe for canadians you know, are people who've probably gotten very sick from vaccinations to every vaccine that is improved uh, is safe for Canadians is uncompromising. Well, individuals are allowed to make their own choices. There may be all sorts of different reasons why someone is hesitant to get vaccinated. There's no more excuses to not get your shot. And therefore, while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated, enforcement measures in place will make sure that everyone is vaccinated. I chose to make sure that all the incentives, travelers, across the country need to be fully vaccinated people coming into the country need to be fully vaccinated we're there don't get to work in the public service don't get to go to movie theaters or gyms or restaurants to encourage canadians to get vaccinated and that's exactly what they did we got vaccinated to a higher level than just about any other of our peer countries unknown causes was the leading cause of death in alberta last year can you if you were to get infection with and vaccinated, could you give it to somebody else? Were you silently able to spread it? Those data were not covered in the clinical trials, but now data have emerged again that have demonstrated that even if you were to get uh, infected during uh, post-vaccination, that you can't give it to anyone else. Can you, if you were to get infection with and vaccinated, could Okay, and so here are some slides. I'm going to go through some slides. Um, this is one from Greg Keller. He says, the bastards knew, Pfizer and our health bureaucrats knew in April 2021 that the mRNA in the shots would be passed on to newborns through breastfeeding. They knew that this was linked to serious adverse events in babies. They kept quiet and pushed pregnant mothers to inject the substance into their bodies, claiming it was safe and effective. And they vilified anyone asking questions as anti-vaxxers. Absolute evil bastards, crimes against the unborn, Jail time, then rotten hell. Yeah, agreed. There already, should, there already should have been tons of arrests. A lot of these things, this notion of the vaccident, which is these vaccine injuries are causing accidents. This is one. Breaking hero, 7th grader Dylan Reeves saves busload of kids as mRNA tech COVID vaccine injured school bus driver becomes incapacitated driving bus. And this is J.J. Dawson. I've had him on the show my show a number of times. He wrote an article titled, Suing the government for COVID vaccine injuries is not the answer. Taxpayers should not shoulder the burden of COVID vaccine injury claims. We must punish and extract reparations from the actual cul culprits agreed. So people can go check that out. J.J. Dawson. This is uh, from A.G. Paxton. I think they tried to kick him out of office after he did this, but it was Paxton launches Investigation into gain-of-function research and misrepresentations by COVID-19 vaccine manufacturers. So that's the AG of Texas. Anybody who touches these white coat evil people, they go after you. So they try to kick you out of office, destroy your reputation, everything. Same thing happened to O'Keefe, Veritas. 
Mom of Melbourne student who died after lethal Moderna booster shot testifies in Parliament. Grieving mom whose 21-year-old daughter died a horrific death has revealed the shocking text she received from her GP. And I think the text is, oh, she died of the shot? Why don't, did you get your booster? They actually are at the doctors after these people are murdered. Uh, the doctors just say, hey, do you want to have your booster? Ivermectin ban lifted Australia. The ban on off-label prescribing of the antiviral drug has been in place for over 18 months. So it tells you a lot about your government. They hate you. Um, exemptions, yeah. There's really a question. I, I don't know. I haven't verified this. Maybe somebody who's out there listening to this can verify that certain groups were exempted from having to take the kill shot, including Pfizer people, uh, government officials, CDC employees, FDA, things like that. And obviously the illegals don't have to take it, so they don't have any vaccine injuries. Robin Minotti, conclusive proof that the vaccines were a military-backed countermeasure. Moderna's, Moderna's injection mRNA-1273 is co-owned with the U.S. government as the company has been funded by the Defense Research Grants for years. Also, like Robert Malone, he's supposedly the guy who's for it, but he's like suing everybody. People are asking all these questions. Why is this guy an expert for this? Which is a good question. This is the National Citizens Inquiry, the NCI in Canada. I highly recommend people check that out. The citizens had to actually organize outside of the government to try to figure out what happened, which is very telling. Should tell you everything you need to know about this whole program. Your government killed you if you got injured or died. And it's Charles Hoff. We have a pandemic of the vaccinated. The more shots they had, the more they ended up in the ICU. We will never achieve herd immunity because of the damage done to people because of the shot. This is now endemic. It is no longer a pandemic. This is just the globalization of the elections. This is, uh, let's see. Spike protein lining the interior of blood vessels. Dr. Hoff absolutely demolishing the narrative. We literally have the pandemic of the vaccinated. So spike protein, I've always said that it's like a vascular problem. It's because the spike protein goes all over, all over the place. And then retinal vascular occlusion after the vaccination. So people who have their eyesight changed, it's not surprising. What really killed COVID-19 patients, it wasn't a cytokine storm, studies suggest. Three tablets, this is Jiki Leaks, three tablets was all that was needed to avoid the majority of deaths in COVID-19. The doctors told you that it was an untreatable disease lied and resulted in somewhere upwards of 6 million deaths. Accountability will be required. Yeah, they will. It will be required. There's Bill Gates. I learned a new word today, philanthropath. A philanthropath is a psychopath masquerading as a philanthropist. Yeah, that's very apt. 20, it came from a lab. That's racist. 2023, it came from the lab. We know. That's what guy responds. There's another book out there, The Big Autism Cover-Up, How and Why the Media is Lying to the American Public. Yeah, they've been lying to the American public for decades. It's basically corporate media is dead. Nobody really smart actually watches it. It's not even worth commenting on. It's a waste of time. World Health Authority says that COVID-19 is over as a global health emergency in May. President Biden 
uh, makes a statement about Rochelle Walensky, May 5th, 2023, and just shows how corrupt and inept Biden is. And his whole regime, his whole administration is just full of fools and morons and clowns that are getting us close to nuclear war. We're really on the edge of nuclear war because of these people. I don't know who supports them. I don't know. I guess people couldn't admit that in public. I wouldn't admit it in public that you're a Biden supporter. He says, writes here, Biden, Dr. Walensky has saved lives with her steadfast and unwavering focus on the health of every American. Total lies, just like everything that comes out of Biden's mouth. As a director of the CDC, she led a complex organization on the front lines of a once-in-a-generation pandemic with honesty and integrity. No, she didn't. She has no honesty and no integrity. She was not forthcoming in all the information that was coming through in VAERS. She had information that showed the kill shot was not effective. She knew it in 2021. She just kept on going because it kept saying safe and effective. These are liars. These are scum. Nobody really calls these people out on just their blatant lying and that they're filth pigs and awful people. Just totally awful people. I guess that's what you have. You have to be an awful person to steal an election. I guess that's really it. Like... It just you just, it just goes hand in hand like you're you're willing to cheat to win so you're just a cheat and then you just lie and then kids die and people died and you don't care that's that's Ro- Rochelle Walensky and Biden in a nutshell just totally awful people man gross the worst like you'd never think you'd see people as evil as the Nazis in your own generation but that's what really what's happening not a lot of people even talk out I love the fake morality of like the left too they don't even speak out on their own evilness and filth disgusting awful human beings it's so weird she marshaled our finest scientists and public health experts to turn the tide on the urgent crises we faced she leaves CDC a stronger institution, better positioned to confront, uh, confront health threats and protect Americans. It's just total lies. And they put in this new evil witch, Cohen, too. So they're probably going to keep the kill going. You have to cover it all up now, I guess is probably it. Here's a book you could get by Miriam Hanine, How to Detox from the COVID-19 Vax. So there's some ideas in there, at least, uh, you know, there's research done by the author. I should probably talk to her. This is Steve Kirsch. Do you know why California hasn't found any deaths linked to the COVID vaccines? It's because they haven't looked. Now, for the first time, I will show you the proof. Peter Baldridge, former assistant general counsel of the California Department of Public Health, notified the agency they were violating the law by not investigating COVID vaccine injuries and deaths. They ignored him. So I will be filing a writ of mandamus, mandamus, which is a court order to force them to do their job. Yeah. So if you don't look for it, you're not going to find it. There's a massive cover-up orchestrated by Australian governments to get rid of any and all evidence and links to pertaining to their experimental depopulation job. It's not experimental. I think this mix of shots was probably in a, uh, secretly tested like a Tuskegee experiment secretly tested on humans for decades or maybe somewhere maybe in Ukraine to see what the effects would be and what how people would perceive it and whether people would find a causation to the shot. Uh, that's really what I think is that they didn't want, they knowingly and willfully created a witch's brew to prevent people from tying their, their illness and death to the kill shot. 
Thomas Binder, the mRNA vaccination platform must die out. While a cold virus replicates in the mucosal cells of the respiratory tract for days, the mRNA encoded foreign protein, protein is expressed in and presented by all cells, which are destroyed, including heart, brain, embryo, fetus for years. Yeah, yeah it causes this immuno, uh, immunological response. So you have an, your immune system gets messed up. How mRNA vaccines provoke immune attack on our own cells and tissues, yes. Here's another one. This is another monster. Stephanie Feldstein. Population decline will change the world for the better. The future with fewer people offers increased opportunity in a healthier environment, not necessarily. So that's what they're talking about. The comment is, the way you know they mean you and not them is the people who promote the depopulation agenda won't kill themselves. If they truly believe this scam, they would kill themselves. Yeah, so Stephanie Feldstein, kill yourself. Sick of you freaking monsters. BBC in Birmingham today, wow, wow, again, no idea is responsible. So people are putting up the people who got injured up on public buildings all over the world. Something the government should do. Tells you why you pay taxes. Why do you support the government? So it's Chelsea Clinton. It's time to force jab everyone, every unvaccinated child in America. Yeah, so look at that evil face, too, if you're watching this. Chelsea Clinton has declared that unvaccinated children in America must be forced to take the mRNA jab with or without parental consent. Wow. These people know. They know they're murdering, mass murdering people. They're liking it. Lancet, Zach Voorhees, is, is now reporting that 1 in 10 have autoimmune disorders. Scientists are baffled. It could be anything. Well, I can tell you what's happening. I don't need to be a scientist. The vaccines, which are specifically designed to reprogram your immune system, it's not a vaccine. Large-scale study reveals autoimmune disorders now affect around 1 in 10. Sick. It's the Fauci generation. Trends in internal medicine. COVID-19 and illegal U.S. bioweapons activity and insider's revelations with J. Bart Klassen. Abstract. Millions, if not billions of people now believe the world is under a bioweapons attack. A lot of blame has been placed on U.S. funding of bioweapons. Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the U.S. NIAID and NIH, has come under severe criticism for funding the infamous gain-of-function research. Many believe Fauci has not acted alone or even on his own accord. The author has worked as a fellow at NIAID and NIH from 1988 to 1991, starting soon after Fauci became the head. The author witnessed firsthand infiltration by Israel's Mossad. While working at NIAID and NIH, one or more co-workers expressed a need to preempt the next Jewish Holocaust. For 30 years since leaving NIH, the author has played close attention to Mossad's involvement in illegal U.S. bioweapon activity and attempts to disclose his observations. The author hopes to educate the public on the current bioweapon attack with COVID-19 and vaccines. Yes, Already 70% of the world's population have received a COVID-19 vaccine and in all appearance has the ability to cause deadly, non-curable prion disease. Well, you can take that for what it's worth. I don't know. That was published August 2022. Pierre Corey, the American College of OBGYN, took millions in grants from the CDC to deploy propaganda campaigns to get more pregnant women jabbed. Problem, the campaigns were dictated by the CDC, not OBGYNs. 
Recall that the vaccine trials never included pregnant women. Yeah, pretty smart. Jiggy Leaks, boom. They accepted more than 12 million in awards to tell you to take an experimental therapy in pregnancy with zero safety data. These people need to go to jail. Yeah, they do. They should already be in jail. Naomi Wolf, holy heck, Olympics 2012. It was like a dead baby and a bunch of people in hospital garb. Gavin Preston, year after painful year, the number one cause of bankruptcy in the U.S. is massive unpayable medical bills. And then Molly James' response, about 10% of the 260 million who got COVID shots are now vax injured. They got to corporate medicine looking to help and get ten to $70,000 in tests with absolutely no chance to acknowledge the actual cause or starts to offer proper treatment. So things are about to get much worse. This is kind of a tie-in about SIDS. People checked the autopsy reports and made a correlation between sudden infant death and vaccination, but that's part of the, that's part of the agenda. The agenda is to kill you off, so you got to really watch out. Developing. This is the most important developing story in the country. The COVID-19 murder-for-money scheme in hospitals appears, by in many cases, to have been carried out by fake doctors and nurses. Wow, so some of these people were not properly vetted. That's crazy. The MMR vaccine causes autism. Both of my kids were fine when I deployed to Haiti in 1995. During that time, my wife at the time had the kids vaxxed to get new school year, and both of them got the MMR. When I redeployed back stateside, I realized immediately something was wrong. Both are autistic. Jeffrey Tucker, these COVID kits made their way from India to the U.S. when basic meds were practically banned here. You could get these if you had a connection, but it wasn't easy. It's beyond belief, really. India saved so many lives with early treatment, and they have a little pack, like has zinc acetate, doxycycline, and ivermectin. Or the government mismanaged everything. I blame Trump, too. Trump and Biden. And this is Ramin Aksuidad, a young guy. Cardiologist, too. It's weird. 55. But uh, somebody wrote here. I think he knew. Oh, Laura Logan. He knew from day one that it was a bioweapon. No one had a clear vision or better insight. Elites manufacture fake hate crisis as pretext for mass spying, blacklists, and censorship. It's all part of it. Are the vaccines also driving people crazy? Bizarre altercations all around the world attest to the destructive cognitive and psychological effects of COVID vaccination. Mark Crispin Miller, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. People acting whacked out. Chief Nerd, NYU Bioethics Professor Arthur Kaplan, Dr. Paul Offit, and Dr. Dort Rice on how to speak to the media about the link between vaccines and autism. You can never really say MMR doesn't cause autism, but frankly, when you get in front of the media, you better get used to saying it. You're in a debate and you got to fight unfair. Wow. So that's your bioethics professor. (laughs) These are just horrible people. These are monsters. Like you're living in a country with literal monsters. It's not even funny. European study concludes COVID jabs cause long-term brain damage. They found that spike protein from the shots accumulates in the skull marrow, brain meninges, and brain parenchyma. That's reassuring. 
Dr. Vernon Coleman, who ends the COVID hoax with the biggest lie of all? Anyone who claims that 20 million people died of COVID-19 is a deluded fool, a misinformation specialist, or a scaremonger trying to turn the world's worst medical hoax into a historical reality. Brandon Taylor Moore, there is a 10% increase in deaths in 2022 over and above 2021. This begs the question, does the vaccine not work in COVID killing people, or does the vaccine not work and it's killing people? It's either one or the other. The answer is not that difficult to figure out. Think. It's the vaccine. Florida's letter to the CDC and the FDA exposes vaccine quackery. Will Joe Latipo become the next U.S. Surgeon General after a regime change? Yeah, probably. These guys are snake oil salesmen. They're mass murderers. That's the agenda. So he sent a big article, like, asking for questions, uh, answers. <coughs> Simple questions, but I wouldn't hold my breath. I'm surprised some of these guys, like, walk around in public. Often. These guys have had a long-term agenda to poison people. Every person with autism was done by design. It's not accidental. They knew what they were doing. Aaron Siri, FDA ordered to produce Moderna C-19 vaccine and Pfizer adolescent C-19 vaccine data at average rate, 180,000 pages per month. It's huge. It's a huge amount of paperwork. Like, that's how you can hide stuff. It's just through massive amounts of paperwork. Chief Nerd, CDC emails recently obtained by the Epoch Times via FOIA requests show post-vaccination myocarditis is not as rare as stated in the media. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Another way to estimate it, 1 million Americans and 20 million around the world have been killed by lethal injection. The data show that that many. Tim Ellison. I think I just heard a stat from McCullough, who I probably believe more than this person, Tim Ellison, that it was 600,000 have died. 300,000, 21, 21, 300,000, 2022. It's incredible. Jane Ruby, game changer, breaking attorney Tom Renz plays audio tape of major hospital system admitting patients are being killed by CDC protocol. In this press conference held at the Reawaken America tour in Miami yesterday, Tom played an audio tape from a pharmacist whistleblower recording an official at a major hospital system confirming that they are using CDC death protocol to take patients' lives. This is the first evidence of intent to murder, and it will likely vitiate all contracts. PrEP Act protective cover. I hope so. They're killing people. They're still trying to do it. It's really incredible. Good news, though, the number of mRNA injections has fallen to a trickle. According to the CDC, a mere 17% of the population have the, quote, updated booster dose, unquote. And the schedule for the approximately 100, quote, vaccines, unquote, given to children is being neglected by more and more people who are waking up to the fact that health is not positively correlated with the number of health-destroying injections. Exactly. They've gaslit you for decades. FDA malfeasance exposed. Director Peter Marks ignore, ignores safety of mRNA jabs to join pharma. Yeah, I'm not surprised. 
FDA's CBER director, Peter Mark, seems focused on seeking power as a global leader, promoting gene therapy, mRNA shots for all humanity, rather on his U.S. taxpayer job to protect the safety of vaccines being manufactured for Americans. He was recently in London to promote gene therapy shots, deceptively called advanced therapies, at the World Congress of Global Elites, and has been a major player on the world stage to push warp speed use of mRNA gene therapy technology for all vaccines, for humans and animals. Wow, so that guy should be watched. There's Peter Marks right there. What are the chances that Leon Trotsky, one of the masterminds behind the Bolshevik Revolution and head of the Red Army, had a great-granddaughter who happens to be the director of the U.S. National Institute on Drug Abuse under Fauci? Meet Nora Volkow. It makes you wonder. Wow. Crazy. On May 16th, the World Health Organization issued an alarming press release on a cluster of hospitalized neonates, newborns from Wales, suffering from myocarditis. Yeah, so they're killers. Killed some babies with myocarditis. Good for you guys. You devils. Censorship industrial complex. These are the people who kept people from learning the truth. If COVID and long COVID is causing excess deaths, myocarditis, disabilities, and an increase in absences and lost work time, why did the WHO declare COVID pandemic over on May 7th? Why did CDC Director Walensky resign the same day? Why is Pfizer's stock hitting new 52-week lows? I mean, these safe and effective vaccines should be flying off the shelves. Despite the silence from institutions and media, the word is spreading. Those who haven't figured this out yet are on the wrong side of the trade. Absolutely right. Brilliant Matthew, Matthew Crawford. Yes, I've mentioned him all the time. Who helped pave the way for remdesivir? An explosive conversation, the planned ammonium, part 13. Five researchers, researchers who have collectively spent thousands of hours gathering information about the emergence of remdesivir as treatment for COVID-19 gather for a comprehensive discussion that includes roles by Dr. Malone. Mm, interesting. Dr. Naomi Wolf must, must watch. I found the smoking gun, LNPs, which are in COVID vaccines, kill human bonding, sex, love, fertility, sperm health, placental health, and gender identity. And everyone in the LNP space knew this since at least 2017. So like these liquid nanoparticles actually have psychological and emotional effects. Wow, there's just so evil. So evil. Harry Leeming, yesterday the UK's ONS figures showed there is now a record 2.5 million people out of work due to long-term sickness. It's an incredible number. Naomi Wolf, if they inject people with lipid nanoparticles, they will not grow up to be normal, adult, sexual, healthy people capable of forming families and reproducing themselves. This is the smoking gun, in my view. Steve Kirsch, the CDC has been lying to people for more than 20 years now, making the false claim that vaccines do not cause autism. They are lying. The exact opposite is true. Nearly all autism in America can be stopped if we stop all vaccines. It has a side benefit, too. Our kids will be healthier overall. 
large, highly respected medical practices which eschew all vaccination do not have any autistic kids. That's obvious. You can just go to the Amish places. You can tell they don't have any problems. Profile of a COVID murder. In hospital, Markson, who had not received a jab, was administered more than 50 medications, including remdesivir, phanomycin, fentanyl, and midazolam. In the days prior to his death, he was placed on a ventilator. Yeah, they just milked him. They probably billed somebody a million dollars. <coughs> Nightmare on Main Street. This is why the contents of the C-19 vials are trade secret. Eggs, worms, parasites, and aluminum-based life forms. Peter Halligan. I wouldn't be surprised. CDC estimates 1 in 22 children with autism in California. that They all got their shots, just like they told you to get their shots. CDC quietly recalls all Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccines in U.S. May 18th, 2023. Wow, I wonder why. Why didn't they tell anybody? Super spreaders, Dr. Daniel Nagaze. He treated a ventilated patient seven days after coming off ventilation. Head of emergency ordered she get Pfizer. Even medical students know you don't give vaccines when patient is still sick. The doctor ordered the record of vaccination to be deleted. Had I not been there, no one have known she received the shot. She died the next week. This doctor falsified records of a patient who died and still has his license. Well, I've been railroaded for using proven safe treatments. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Totally corrupt. Dr. David Mark Martin, they murdered people with remdesivir. When Anthony Fauci, Ralph Barrick, Peter Daszak, and others made the decision we should inject remdesivir into patients with COVID, we knew we were going to kill people. That's premeditated murder. We knew we were going to do it. Yeah, it's all intentional. Top 10 headlines the media won't tell you this week. Lawsuit filed against state of Massachusetts for publishing fraudulent COVID statistics, rigged death certificates from profit, and covered up COVID vaccine deaths. Judge ordered the FDA to accelerate release of COVID vaccine trial data. FDA now recommends taking only one mRNA COVID vaccine and no more boosters. So the science changed. Wow. I thought we were supposed to trust the science. I thought it was already settled. Oh, you changed it. Oh, you moved the goalposts again? Seven, CDC emails reveal post-mRNA COVID vaccination myocarditis is more prevalent than the media claims. Six, lawsuit filed against Elon Musk for requesting a bathroom near his office at Twitter HQ. Five, Texas hospital fired doctors thanks to undercover Project Veritas video revealing doctors admitting to giving gender-affirming care to children. Four, Rhode Island teachers who were fired for refusing to back the shot have been offered their jobs back with full back bay. Three, Pennsylvania settled a federal election integrity lawsuit, removing over 178,000 ineligible voter registrations. This is a comedy. Two, MTG introduced articles of impeachment on Joe Biden. One, House Speaker Kevin McCartney, McCarthy called for the immediate expulsion and possible prosecution of Representative Adam Schiff for committing crimes of treason against the United States in the Trump-Russia hoax. Absolutely. He should absolutely be expelled and prosecuted. Lied about everything. Vigilant Fox. Complete fraud. Nick Hudson reveals the deceit behind Pfizer's 95% effective clinical trials. On any sensible clinical endpoint, hospitalization, severe disease, the vaccine arm of the phase three trials perform much worse than the placebo arm. And there was a basic fraud to achieve desired outcome of less COVID among the vaccinated than the vaccinated. Yeah, duh. It's all fraud. It's all crap. 
Killing floor, first-hand witness attests hospital deliberately hastened the death of COVID patients. They were put, they put the phone on speaker. The doctors didn't know it. And they were in there screaming at you. You're going to die if you don't do what we tell you. Nice. The Pfizer vaccine has a staggering problem. This gene is present, present from a well-known cancer virus. The question is why such a sequence derived from cancer is present in Pfizer's vaccine. These are such alarming problems. This is outrageously malicious. Yeah, it is. Secret plot to hide the efficacy of ivermectin in Argentina. So it was all a world world agenda. Study finds evidence suggesting retinal vascular occlusion may be a rare side effect of the COVID vaccines. Alexander de Malone, Carrico, and Weissman et al. know about reverse transcription that causes relentless production of spike protein, alters our genome, with ongoing production of bacterial proteins from the plasmids, that the injection and the content did not stay at the injection site. Peter Halligan, Australia bought at least 126 million doses of injections, which at around 25 bucks each works out to over $31 billion. It could cost less than 100,000 bucks to correlate results from death records with our back stack status records. The Australian government refuses to do so. This is what concealing the evidence looks like in murder cases, no doubt. It's your governments. American governments doesn't represent the people. If you think you do, you are stupid. <laughs> Total idiot. James Fetzer, stunning. Stu Peters blows remdesivir out of the water. Its ingredients include cyanide and fluorine. Its use was discontinued in an Ebola study because it was fatal in over 15% of, 50% of cases. Hospitals in the U.S. were using it as the drug of choice for COVID. Merck created Hit List to destroy, neutralize, or discredit dissenting doctors. This is back in 2009 for Vioxx. And then these are all the kind of deaths, the death and Jamie Travato. William Mankis, 28-year-old doctor Antu Vu, died two months after being diagnosed with glioblastoma. He was mandated to get the shot as cancer progressed extremely rapidly, turbo cancer. Ernest Ramirez, please give my beautiful friend Jessica Suta follow and support her curves for standing up and speaking out about her vaccine injury. The poison affects us all. Yes, it does. Eight-year-old Harper Gewin had a stroke and brain hemorrhaging seven days after the shot. Safe and effective? No. This is just another sad story about somebody who's dying the slow death. Brian Jeffrey Bowers, founder of Cleveland's 48-hour film contest, dies unexpectedly. I find it hard to believe I'm writing this. Today, my family and I reluctantly attend the funeral of my gorgeous niece, Holly Marchant. Who tragically collapsed and died the 16th of December 2022. Former Georgia high school basketball standout dies after collapsing in pickup game. 31-year-old business manager Jeff Jennifer Stretton died suddenly April 17th, 2023. She was at dinner, felt sick, went to the bathroom. They found her unresponsive on the floor. EMS were called, started CPR, but couldn't save her. 16-year-old Kenna Farley was a healthy teen prior to the shots. She has been diagnosed with POTS and EDS after being vaccinated, and the insurance companies are denying her treatment that her doctors have recommended. Her symptoms are so severe that she now faints several times a day and is in a wheelchair because if she stands up, she is a fall risk. 
12-year-old girl, Piper Midkiff, collapsed on the soccer field during practice and suffered a cardiac arrest. I've never seen anything happen like this. Doctors don't know exactly why this happened. They're lying. They're gaslighting you. They know exactly what's happening. They can't say anything. It's total tyranny. Six-year-old Jackson Everett Ball, who was triple COVID vaccinated by his dad, died after suffering a catastrophic brain event. My little ones are excited, he wrote on social media. It means they can get some candy afterward. Wow, they got manipulated. Bowers dead. Another guy dead. Matthew W. Myers, 32, died unexpectedly. Heart attack. Hmm. I wonder what caused it. Mario Rubio, the guy has like blood coming out of his chest. Ugh. Seven-year-old Abriana Camino died suddenly from a cardiac incident to December 3rd, 2022. Coroner ruled cause of death is myocarditis. The entire family was vaccinated. I got my COVID vaccine. We could do this. BBC has launched a full-scale attack against died suddenly. By gaslighting the victims of the COVID vaccine, they're attempting to shift the blame off themselves for aiding and abetting and propagandizing the bioweapon genocide. That's right. 36-year-old Siobhan McDermott had headache and vision loss, suffered a stroke due to blood clots in the brain that triggered severe brain bleed, and she died suddenly on April 29th, 2023. U.S. track and field star Tori Bowie, who won Olympic gold at Rio 2016 and two world titles at Sprinting Career, dies at age 32. That's, that's the bottom shot. Fully vaccinated narrator and commentator of esports... Cecilia Moraes died suddenly. Heart complications, 24. Murdered. <coughs> Australian actor and writer Barry Duffield explains how he was made to feel he was going crazy after being injured by the COVID vaccine until a nurse explained the horrific suffering he's going through is quite common of COVID vaccine recipients. You know, they're gaslighting everybody. Robert Augustus Wall, resident of Chicago, Died suddenly in his home, April 30th, 2023. He was 24 years old. Yeah, the murderers have murdered a lot of people. Thank you for listening.